everyone, and welcome to this episode of Coffee with Jesus. Today, I want to engage with something many of us struggle with, and that is how do we approach the commands of God in His Word? The commands of God can seem a bit outdated and can seem quite strict in some instances. Um, and if that is our paradigm, we can tend to make excuses for why we can't do something specific. We come up with why our situation is different and an exception to the rule. So we're going to speak into that today. The title for today's podcast is No Excuses. If you are new to our podcast, welcome as far as possible. As you know, for those who are regular, we release this podcast every Tuesday morning. Uh, so go along and hit the subscribe button so that we can let you know when a new one drops. And and the point of this podcast is very simply for us to grab a cup of coffee or tea. Uh, we don't discriminate. We, we're not coffee or tea people. And let's spend 10, 15 minutes together, perhaps in your drive to work in the morning while you're dropping the kids off at gym, wherever the case is, whatever the case is. We, we want to just spend 10, 15 minutes together talking about something that's going to help us become more like Jesus and reflect him more to our world. So again, subscribe to our podcast, and let's dive into today's session. We're going to dive right into a single verse and unpack what it means for us today. The context of the verse is that God has had to redo the law with Moses after the golden calf incident, which you can read more about in Exodus 32. God, the creator of the universe, the giver of the law, is having to repeat himself because of the sin of the people. And this is often the consequence of sin. We have to go over things we have we should have already overcome, we should have already graduated from. We have to relearn things and spend more time in places we should have graduated from already. So while God is redoing the law, he puts down these words. Exodus 34, verse 21. Six days you shall work, but on the seventh day you shall rest. In plowing time and in harvest time, you shall rest. We need to hear these words. Do you hear what God is saying? <clears throat> God says the principle is this. You work six days, you rest on the seventh, or you rest one. You work six, you rest one. The life you will live when you follow me is not a life of slavery, where work defines and dominates every single day of your life like it did in Egypt. When you follow God, you work under grace, not under compulsion. When you follow me, when you follow God and, and take his lead, there will be this beautiful rhythm between work and worship. Within your weekly rhythm, you will rest, and then from rest, you can step into work with purpose and passion and energy. Then after God has established this principle, he says, "You six days you shall work, but on the seventh day you shall rest. After he says this, he then highlights something important. He says, in plowing time and harvest time, you will rest. Why do you think... God specifically mentions these two times of the year. Well, think about it like this. The Israelite community were an agrarian community. They were agricultural by nature. Their life, their calendar, their, everything revolved around the fields. This means that everything they did, every celebration they had, everything they thought about for the next day revolved around what was happening with their crops, with their fields, and their livestock. So for them, the busiest time of the year, the most labor-intensive time of the year would have been the times when they were plowing and harvesting. Plowing, you know this, was the time when they got ready to put seed in the ground. They dug up the ground, the hard ground that may, have, uh, that may need more um, nutrients or whatever the case is. And so you, you plow the ground, you dig it up, you place the seed. It's a time of 
expectation. It was a time of believing God that, hey, this seed is going to bring a great harvest. And as much as it was a time of expectation, it was a time of labor intensity. Each seed had to be placed in the ground. You have to break up the ground well. You have to do your due diligence. Then you have harvest time. And harvest time is when everyone would go into the field and bring in the harvest that was the product of the plowing season. The entire community would have structured their lives, would have planned their, their lives around these two times. Because without these two times, in an agricultural community, there would be no food for the community. There would be no sustenance and provision in the kitchens of the homes. So these two seasons, plowing and harvesting, were paramount. They were important to the survival of Israel. Having said all of that, why do I say all of that? It would have been really easy for Israel to come to these two seasons and think these seasons were the exception to the Sabbath rule. It would have been easy for them to come and say, God, God, you understand, you get it. We need to plow now. This is our time. We've got to get it done before the rains. And we, we've got to plow. We've got to get in there now. God, you understand, you get it. We need to plow. This is our time. We've got to get the seed in the ground. We, the, you, God, you know the window is short and we've got to work hard and we've got to get it all done now. We, you can hear that argument. You can hear those that thought process happening. Similarly, in harvest time, they may have thought, God, God, we've got to bring in the harvest. We've got to get it all in into our bombs before it either goes rotten or before the locusts and flies get here. We've got to get it all in. There's a, again, there's a small window of opportunity here. And it would have been really easy for Israel to come to these two seasons, plowing and harvest, thinking that they were the exception to the rule. God would understand. God is the one who created the seasonal structure. If anyone would understand why you've got to work harder in plowing and harvest time, it would be the God who created the seasons. God would understand if during those seasons, they worked seven days a week for those two periods. However, what God does so brilliantly in his word before they ever get to a plowing season or a harvest season, when they are still wanderers in the wilderness, God says in his word that these two specific seasons within plowing, within harvest, you will rest. You will Sabbath. You will worship. You will take time out regardless of the season you're in. You will rest. In other words, God removes the excuse before Israel could ever come up with the excuse. And I think the reason God does this is because the moment we entertain what we think is a good excuse is the moment we open ourselves up to any excuse. If you think that the excuse you have now is valid, uh, is a valid excuse for disobedience, and you think God will understand, and you can justify it however you want, then it becomes really easy and it becomes uh, simple for us to justify anything. And even bad excuses, bad, ba bad reasons, we can justify and we can argue God understands, God gets it. And so what we do is we begin to justify disobedience in a variety of areas, in a variety of spaces. Why? Because we've become good at justifying excuses. We've become good at defining extenuating circumstances. We've been good at identifying spaces and, and places where God's word is, is not doesn't count because it's an exception. So this then, if, if God does this in a word right off the bat, this then brings us back to our opening statement where we ask the question, how do we approach the commands of God? How do we approach the things of God where he tells us to do something specific or tells us to do it in a specific way? How do we approach what God tells us to do? 
Into this, I think we need to understand two important things. Firstly, I don't want you to hear this and think, man, we're under law. We've got to do, we, we have to live under fear. No, we are not under law. We are under grace. And the New Testament makes that incredibly clear. Having said that, there are principles in God's word that are eternal. God's law does say, thou shalt not kill. But there's also the principle that life is precious and that God is the giver of life. And so just because we're no longer under law, that doesn't mean we can now go around murdering people whenever we want. Often what we see in the law of God is an expression or an example of a principle that God has pre uh, has, has shown pre his law, within his law, and then within the New Testament. So first, it's important that we understand that we're not talking about being legalistic. We're, we're, we're not talking about um, subscribing to every single one of the Old Testament laws without any understanding or context. That's not what I'm saying. But the question is, how do we approach the principle of God? The principles that are revealed in the law, but that are revealed beyond the law and are broader than just the law in the Old Testament. So please don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying let's all go legalistic. We are under grace. But if that's the first thing, then secondly, and this is where the, the, this whole podcast, that's what we're talking about today, is can I encourage you, never, never, never allow yourself to make an excuse or believe that there is an exception when it comes to a principle from God. The moment we move into a place where we accept our own excuses, that's the place where we begin to operate outside of obedience towards God. Let me give us a couple of examples. An example of this might be in a relationship. You're in a relationship and uh, you start operating as a married couple. And, and the reasons sound good. You might have economic reasons, financial reasons. You're like, hey, we can't afford two apartments. We can't afford two places. Let's move in together. It makes sense financially. God will understand. But then what happens is you begin doing things only married couples should be doing, perhaps sleeping together or, or just operating as a married couple before God has blessed you with the mantle of husband and wife. And it's easy to justify. God understands. He understands our financial situation. He understands we're tra strapped. He understands why we need to do these things. He know, you, you might say God knows the pressure we're under. However, the reality is that God cannot bless what we do if it's outside of his word and will. Another example might be financially, again, go back to financially, but instead of it affecting our relationships, what we do is at the end of each month, we have this budget and we see that, hey, our, our expenses are far greater than our income. And so we start to say, hey, God will understand if I don't tithe this month. If I don't bring my tithes and offerings into the storehouse, God will get it. He knows how strapped I am. He knows how tough it is financially. But again, God has given us a principle. God has given us a way to engage with him through strategic and planned generosity. Another example, and it's one that we read about here, might be that we are so busy in our workspace that we think we can't get to church this week or I can't take a rest this week. I've got to work all seven days. I've got to work late at night. I've got to neglect my other responsibilities. I've got to do everything. It's all on me. Can I encourage you? When there is a principle in the word of God, and you can only know this when you read the Word of God, so I would encourage you to read the Bible. But when you see a principle in the Word of God, not a legalistic thing, not a law thing, a principle, please never allow yourself to go to the place where you make excuses, you make allowances, you think there are extenuating circumstances. If God's Word is true, if His principles are right, then they are right all the time and not just in the time when it's convenient for us. If God's Word brings life, then it brings life even when it's uncomfortable for us and even when the pressure externally seems incredible. So in closing, let me ask you, 
Where have you allowed an excuse or an extenuating circumstance to help you, to cause you to generate an excuse that stops you from being obedient to the word of God? Where have you allowed a season that you believe in your own heart is temporary? You believe in your own heart will end one day. Where have you allowed a season to make you believe that God's word stops just for that season? I want to encourage you today. God's word is true all the time. His, his statutes, his principles are good all the time. Not just when it makes sense to us, not just when it's comfortable to us. They are true all the time. And so today, if you take nothing out of this podcast other than this next thing, take this. Please, can we stop making excuses for our obedience? Let's not make excuses that lead us to disobedience. God's word is true all the time. Let's not think that our season or our situation is the extenuating circumstance, the exception to the rule. I hope this has encouraged you and I hope the Holy Spirit will continue to reveal stuff to you this week through this podcast and through this word that we can unpack more and more as you go in your week. God bless you. We'll see you same time, same place next week.